VoiceAmerica.com. And welcome to Radio by George with your host, NFL superstar, Eddie George. For the next hour, Eddie and his guests will enlighten, empower, and entertain you. Now here's the man of the hour, Eddie George. And welcome to the inaugural show of By George, a show that will cover politics, sports, entertainment, and uh, everything under the sun, pretty much. Um, this is my first show, and uh, it's a very exciting time for me to segue into the world of uh, radio uh, and entertainment. And uh, each week we are going to have an esteemed panel of guests uh, from every arena, from education to politics, sports, uh, the entertainment world, and uh, you guys out there that are listening you can feel free to join in at any particular time if you want to join in the conversation or have any comments or what have you. So uh, with that being said, we're going to get this show on the road. And today I am joined by Dr. Jerome E. Morse, a professor in the College of Education and a research fellow at the Institute for Behavioral Research at the University of Georgia. And today, uh, this being our first show, we're going to start off with Unfortunately, the events that have happened at Virginia Tech. And, uh, Dr. Morris, you there? I'm here. Good, man. Thank you for being the first guest to break it open on By George uh, I, Radio. <laughs> great. Thank you very Thank much, Eddie. I feel honored, man. Feel honored, especially having someone like you who has made his impact already in the sports arena and now in many ways taking on this renaissance man personality to go into other venues. That's very impressive. Well, like thank I you. first say that about you. Well thank you very much. Yes, and sir. you know, I, I appreciate you uh even considering this man with your with your background, your history, your knowledge. Listen, we had a great time uh, you know, getting to know one another last well, last night on the phone and everything and, and one of the things that I wanted to talk about today and uh is uh that you know do you worry about this kind of thing that being um the 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 violence and the massacre that happened at Virginia Tech do you, do you see that happening uh that happening more as a college, college professor in the, in the 1950s or 60s well one of the things um you know I always like to preface this and I've been talking about this heard a number of people giving speeches and even it, it was talked about in church on yesterday, and one of the things that um, we have to also remind ourselves that, you know, that this was not the worst massacre at a school. It was the worst shooting. But history, we study history, we'll get some insight into this. And I try to always bring a, a historical context to what we're talking about here. For example, um, one of the worst um, massacres occurred in May of 1927 in a town right outside of Lansing, Michigan, mm-hmm. called Bath, Michigan. In this town, um, 45 people were killed and 58 were injured. In fact, 36 of the victims were children in second to sixth grade attending the school. Nice. And so there was this man who was very upset. He had been on the school board. Mm. And what he did, rather than being taxed, 
he was so upset that he was being taxed and attributed that to the loss of his fortunes mm-hmm. that he went, in fact, and laid out dynamite throughout the school and bombed the school, killing all those children. So that gives us a sense mm-hmm. of what's happening. So we don't just say these are the times we're in. Those were the times people were in also. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and then we can always talk about what happened in um, Tulsa, Oklahoma back in, 1921 when you had this area called Black Wall Street that was burned down 35 blocks. Black right. people owned that. And um, about 300 people, black people, were killed during that time. So the times are always here. I wouldn't say that this is radically different from mm-hmm. what it was back then. Okay. Yes, we're, we're, we're talking with Dr. Jerome Morris here. Uh, another question. Are, are there any warning signs in students that would, would that that you'll be able to to find out if there's anything kind that you can kind of avoid? Is there any signs and students you can see? Yeah, you know, one of the things that um I like to just say there was an experience I had my first year as a professor at the University of Georgia. I was fresh out of graduate school, about not 29 years of age, and one of the things that occurred is that um I had a class. I was fortunately team teaching with this white. Um, middle-aged white female professor. It was an interesting class. Here I was, an African-American male, 29 years of age. She was early 60s, and we were team teaching about gender and education. I had a white male in my class who had been in the military now, mm-hmm. and so you think about that military background can tell right. you something, too. And um, one of the things is that because I always deal with issues of race and social class as we talk about these issues of gender and education, I just had to indicate on his papers, I said, hey, you need to begin to talk about that. We're not just saying males and females. So what he did, he got very upset at the fact that I even went there to tell him to talk about race and social class when talking about gender. And so what he did, he went to my colleague and told her, hey, I don't want this guy teaching me. Are you said, man, that's what, she, that's what he said. Mm-hmm. You know, he went to her and said that. And so I was taken aback because a lot of it had occurred um, I didn't even really know what was going on, but nevertheless, he came and just had the audacity to say, mm-hmm. well, if we can't resolve this thing if Morris now, reminded, he didn't say Dr. Morris, but if Morris is going to grade my papers, then just give me a B for the class and we'll call it a day. Wow. I said, man, isn't that something? And so what I did... You know, I told the professor, you know, I had to get back to where I was in Birmingham in some ways, you know. I said, hold on now. Here he is. I'm the professor. He wants us to give him a B. And then he threatened me and said, well, I'll take it to the dean. Mm. I said, go ahead and take it to the dean then, knowing at that time that, you know, I knew this guy had his military background. So I basically, man, for the rest of the semester, was sitting up in that classroom teaching with my colleague, just mentally prepared for anything. And so, you know, there was nothing anybody could do because it was his word against mine. In fact, believe it or not, most people really thought he had a case. Now, how and, did, did, that, did that situation, did that uh, affect your your confidence in terms of how you handled the cat class from that point on? Did well, you... I had a great, uh, I was a great teacher. I'll say that first. Um, <laughs> there were a number of um, students who really sided with me. In fact, he had circulated a, a, a petition around the class secretively, and they told me about it. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, is, um, what I realized at that time that we were dealing with, you know, someone who was messed up in the head. And so it didn't really undermine my confidence. It reassured me and reaffirmed to me that, hey, I'm doing something here that, you know, is 
pushing him to think and to go outside of those, that comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm trying to do as a professor is educate people. And so, but nevertheless, there are some consequences, and that is, you know, somebody might try to uh, retaliate. And so you never know who you're teaching. And because just that situation that happened in terms of Cho, like, that young man had even um, had some issues in Nikki Giovanni's class, right. you know, the esteemed scholar and poet, mm -hmm. had some issues in that class. And Nikki Giovanni had requested that he be removed. And what if he had not been removed and had remained in that class? Right. There's no telling what he could have done against her, you know. So um, some warning signs, I think, is your question directly. Um, you can tell when something is not right. You know, I think we have that intuition to feel things. And so I could tell something wasn't right with him, and I think that with Nikki Giovanni saw something similarly. So we have to really just pay attention mm -hmm. to what's going on as professors. I always try to build that community. And when we see a student who doesn't want to participate in that community, right. then we need to begin to address that as professors. You know, I think that is one of the first points in which we can begin. Good. Yes, sir. Now, if you're out there listening, you can join in. And if, you have, if you have any comments or if you want to chime in on the uh, conversation, please call 866-472-5787. Now, now, Dr. Morris, um, speaking specifically of the kid um, in, in the shot everyone at, at the uh, in Virginia Tech, uh, I was in New York City last weekend, okay, and I uh, couldn't help but notice on the front page of all the papers was a picture of this kid uh, with a with a bulletproof vest on and two Glocks in his hand, something mm. that you would see on the cover of a movie. Uh, uh, premiere or on the front cover of, a, of an album, and it was almost they were mortalizing this kid. Right, right. And it was disturbing because he was getting exactly what he wanted, that Jesse right. James type of uh, iconic figure, you know, um, as a bad as a bad guy pretty much. And it, it, it bothered me so much because you see it on Entertainment Tonight, you saw it on uh, all the uh, all the uh, airwaves were were just mortalizing this kid. And as the media, wouldn't you think that we would kind of demean that, you know, lessen that the, his his um, so-called celebrity status, and really really celebrate the 33 lives that were taken? Well, one of the things when we look at it, you know. Um, Violence sells in this culture. You know, we're in a capitalistic society, and things like that, violence and sex, they will sell. And one of the things, you know, just think about it in terms of football. We always like somebody to put that lick on someone when you're playing a football game. Mm -hmm. You know, but then you also want that person to get up after the lick, too, because you don't want that violence to be permanent, you know. Right. But the thing is that males in this society, across race and across social class, deal with this issue of the masculinization of being males or who we are. And one of the things we see that groups just struggle with, it, particularly we see a crisis in terms of black male imagery, in terms of how black males, how we see ourselves and how we struggle with these issues of masculinity, that if we don't come across as hard or thug-like, then there's a problem or something. So these are the images that are there, but these images were there more, way before hip-hop. Mm -hmm. They were there with Al Capone, you know, the... Um, Italian gangsters. That was the way in which that thing was done at one point. And when you think about it, um, what Cho did, the young man who had done all the killing, those are some images we've seen. Even Arnold Schwarzenegger was doing that yeah. in the movie theater. So, you know, as the governor of California, he even condoned that. And so we're in a culture 
that expects males to display that violence. And when males display it as such, as Cho, when you look at him with the bulletproof vest like he's going to war, mm -hmm. then we think it's something just out of the ordinary. But at the same time, you know, in terms of the military going off to war, mm -hmm. 18 to 21-year-old, those are the ones who are really engaging in that kind of lifestyle, but they can do it over there across the waters in another country. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to take a minute break. All right, all right. <laughs> and when we come back, we'll continue with our next segment uh, of the massacre at the Virginia Tech uh, situation. And also coming up, we're going to talk with Harold Ford Jr. about talk a little politics. So please stay tuned and welcome to my world, uh, the first show of by Radio by George. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. There is a difference between someone who lets life happen to them and someone who steps up and makes things happen. That person is a player, not just in the realm of athletics, but in all aspects of life. Are you ready to step up? Are you ready to start on a journey to a new lifestyle that will make you stronger, healthier, and more confident? Are you ready to be a player? Then explore the EGX experience at www.egxlifestyle.com. Let Eddie George help get your mind, body, and spirit fused and focused. If you're ready, log on to egxlifestyle.com to begin a journey to a better life through exercise, diet, and wellness. Join with Eddie George to create a personal plan for your success, and he'll help you discover the best you can be. Visit egxlifestyle.com and begin your journey with greatness today. The Kerry Douglas Show, with the CEO of Worldwide Music Incorporated and the founder and publisher of Gospel Truth Magazine, Kerry Douglas. By tuning in weekly, you will gain insight, tips, and tools to help get your career started. From how to market yourself to distribution of your product, learn the power of faith-based marketing and much more on The Kerry Douglas Show. Join Kerry each week with guests from the gospel music industry, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors as they discuss faith-based news, events, and trends. The Kerry Douglas Show with Kerry Douglas broadcast each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America channel. The Kerry Douglas Show with Kerry Douglas, your premier source for faith-based entertainment, news, events, and trends. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Radio by George with your host, Eddie George. If you have a question for Eddie or his guest or would like to simply join the conversation, call now. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5788. That number again, 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Radio by George. And welcome back to Radio by George. I'm your host, Eddie George, and we are joined with Dr. Jerome E. Morse, a professional, professor at the College of Education and a research fellow at the Institute of Behavioral uh, Research at the University of Georgia. And today our topic was uh, we're talking about the mask at Virginia Tech and just really in general now, um, what, what are the solutions? To changing the mindset of our of our kids today, when they see 
the violence that are, that's going on in our community and just how, uh, in a sense, they, 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 you can be put on a pedestal in some ways in, in a negative sense um, of how you can be, icon, be an icon. Right. You know, uh, so, so basically what can be done um, to, to change that mindset? Um, well, one of the things I think we first have to do is to begin to think deeply about this violent culture we're in. And when I say violent culture, um, like I had talked about prior to the commercial break, was that when young people go to war, you know, we're, they're expected to display violence and commit acts that otherwise would we, we'll be considered crimes elsewhere. And so when those people come here, when you think back to um, the, the D.C. sniper, you know, he had been in Desert Storm. So we're in a culture. And so it really requires us to reconstruct these images of masculinity, um, to redefine what it means in terms of participating in a civic society. You know, how are we going to interact with one another? Do we embrace that notion of love and peace and have that critical analysis of the war that's wars that are going on around the world. It starts not just here but abroad. So the way in which which the United States handles issues abroad has implications for the way in which we interact with one another here. So if we're violent abroad, why how can we be peaceful here at home? You know, so those are some things that I think we need to do. It's a an issue that the society has to wrestle with. It's not just resting in the hands of young people. That's right. That's yes, right. sir. And speaking of that, you know, you talk, we talked about uh, the teachers and, yes. and that being how can they protect themselves. I think there was something that came out about the Second Amendment right, allowing right. firearms in schools. And, yes. uh, you know, given the situation uh, with the young man um, having that, that episode, uh, you know, should teachers be allowed to have firearms in, in the schools? You no, know, that's an excellent question for us to just think about, you know. But one of the things I think um, – I think there's one state that has that, maybe Utah, in mm-hmm. which you can bear arms or something like that. But from my perspective, you know, I know that there's a right to bear arms, but yeah. there are some places that one should not be able to bear arms because the bearing of arms can be more dangerous. Exactly. You know, there are instructors and professors who also have problems, not <laughs> right. just students. So just imagine right. if a person didn't get tenure or something like that mm-hmm. and is upset about some evaluations or something like that and is about to get terminated, didn't yeah. get tenure. So some people can um, go off on the deep end. And so the thing is that I don't know if that's the solution or even invoking the Second Amendment mm-hmm. in this discussion is the solution. You know, I think it allows for great discussion about what could have or what would have happened, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's beyond those kinds of discussions. I think it's much more deeper than just the right to bear arms, and I think that, you know, if we had that on campus, if I could be packing going into a classroom, you know, um, that does not solve the issue, mm-hmm. you know, but um, some people have talked about, and there's other perspectives that will say, well, there have been some lives that have been saved as a result of bearing arms, and you do have that in America. But a college campus, you know, I think there are some places that it shouldn't occur. No, it shouldn't. It seems like, it, you know, violence is, is permeated into academia. Yes. And it's unfortunate because as parents, you spend your entire life right. uh, preaching to your children of the, the value of an education, the environment, uh, and, and really embracing and becoming a part of that environment. And the last thing you would think about is to have 
uh, to get a phone call that your child was shot on campus while he was learning in class. Man, and, I, and, as, yeah. and as a parent, how how do you accept that? How, what, how do you view that as something to grow from and to learn from? What do you learn from that? Right. Personally, you no. Know, as a parent, I have two children. I just couldn't even imagine something like that. You know, my child went off the campus, the college. Sometimes you could expect your child to encounter problems along the way, traveling along the highway. You know, you hear of instances like that. But once your child gets to campus, you're expecting your child to be safe, you know. And so um, I can imagine it was a traumatic experience for those families there. So um, I, I really can't even verbalize how um, that might have been for those families, right. you know. Right. And, you know, in speaking of that, I, I would love to see, you know, uh, 33 days, you know, of uh, one day committing to uh, something on each person that died in this. Right. What they were about and uh, what they what they could have been or what they were at that particular time to their parents because it's, it's difficult. And I think that way we can celebrate the lives of the lives that were lost and get to know these children. And for you know, in some some ways they were very courageous. <laughs> right. And um, it's it's tough to figure out why things happen and and uh, just what their lives, what they were born on this earth to do. But it is unfortunate. I think they need, that needs to be celebrated. Right, and I think we have to celebrate the potential that those young people's lives, I think what that does, it really helps us to see the value of each child's life mm-hmm. and how important that is and what these young people could have become. In fact, what millions of young people can become. And so I think we need to remember this incident and use it to grow from and I'm sure those families you know when people go through that moment of grief they find a way of um, recreating something that helps them to deal with it most will some can't but I know most will and um, and I'm glad that CNN I've been looking at the newspaper Mm -hmm. a number of places have shifted a focus away from Cho to focusing on those families and how those families were handling that issue and those young people and who they were and who they were becoming. So that is a great testament in terms of the media's power to um, shift the focal point away from the violence and focusing on the success or the potential of young people. So I was glad to see that, and I thought that was a wise direction to take. Exactly. And, I'm, and I really commend you, um, Eddie George, for um dealing with this issue firsthand. You know, oh, yeah. a lot of people could have strayed away from it, but I'm just very happy that you've taken it on. I'm excited the fact that you decided to bring me on to share some well, insight well, on this. Well, you know, uh, I value your opinion. I, re- I respect your background, uh, you know, and and uh, this is something that, you know, is very dear to me, obviously, because I have right. two boys of my own. Okay. And, yeah. and in this day in, in violence, uh, this day and age of violence, you know, I want to put them in the best position as possible. And so as they grow older, you know, and go, they're going into high school and, and to junior high, you know, they're only 10 and 2. Right. But okay. issues like this, you know, is, as a parent, is like, how do I put my child in the best position to succeed? Right. You know, at some point in time, you know, my, the reins will be taken away, mm-hmm. and I have to trust that all that I've instilled in them that they will make the right decisions, but then circumstance comes into play that right. they can't control or I can't control. That's right. So, therefore, I have to say, well, wow, man, you know, how do these parents feel? You know, they, they, they probably spent, they put their mortgage on the line just to get them in tuition, and, 
you know, just to, to know that to have the, the 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 assurance that your child is safe at school, learning, becoming something greater in life, right. and to hear that is 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 a hurtful thing. And I just really wanted to take the opportunity to use this this as a platform to. Um, to celebrate again the lives, the 33 lives that were were lost, and to understand what they were about, rather than, you know, uh, mortalize the young man that did the killing, right. and to figure out the solutions of how we can identify uh, in the future kids that, that may have issues, and how to deal exactly deal with that, and not just sweep it under the rug as oh he has problems and you know he'll be out of here in three to four weeks but really attacking that issue because now when you look at it in hindsight they should have uh, the, the administration should have taken this kid under their wing got him got him some help got him outside of the situation right there were multiple signs that things that occurred so you know i think those warning signs and i think it's going to be a legal issue at this point yes. whether the Absolutely. university gets sued and all that so they're protecting themselves but we saw from the paper trail that there were a number of issues and a number of signs mm-hmm. that pointed to something like this possibly happening but um it does though um when you think about it you think about well about the family that young man was in and mm-hmm. um they indicated that he had some issues or something earlier on he was quiet and so the whole issue of mental illness is now coming up that's right you know the issues of race that a lot of people were thinking that this was a white male at one point and so now you're saying it's an immigrant Mm-hmm. And it's Asian, and so it right. runs counter to what we have traditionally assumed. And so um, it really is an opportunity to begin to have some fruitful discussions about issues of violence, issues um, regarding these profiles of people, as well as these issues in terms of mental health issues and deeper issues about um, the future of America. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Brown... Uh, I mean, excuse me, Dr. Morris, I apologize. I think it's Jerome Brown. But okay. I appreciate your time for coming in. Um, thank you once again. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you in the future about various things on education. You can spend a whole other hour on that. Right. So I appreciate you coming in. So uh, stay tuned. We have uh, Harold Ford Jr. coming up next for our political uh, segment. So stick around. VoiceAmerica.com, your news talk information radio network. There is a difference between someone who lets life happen to them and someone who steps up and makes things happen. That person is a player, not just in the realm of athletics, but in all aspects of life. Are you ready to step up? Are you ready to start on a journey to a new lifestyle that will make you stronger, healthier, and more confident? Are you ready to be a player? Then explore the EGX experience at www.egxlifestyle.com. Let Eddie George help get your mind, body, and spirit fused and focused. If you're ready, log on to egxlifestyle.com to begin a journey to a better life through exercise, diet, and wellness. Join with Eddie George to create a personal plan for your success, and he'll help you discover the best you can be. Visit egxlifestyle.com and begin your journey with greatness today. 
Someone once said, what you don't know won't hurt you. Since our people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, that couldn't be further from the truth. Inside Diversity, the power of intelligence is committed to providing an electronic venue for practical education and thought-provoking dialogue about diversity initiatives and the implications for the communities where we live and work. On air every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Network, Inside Diversity is a voice to the community. This show embarks on a journey to confront the lack of knowledge by collaborating with a diverse group of experts to share insights and intelligent solutions to workplace issues with a focus on cultural competence and challenges facing women. Join hosts Carmen M. Carter every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Network for Inside Diversity, the Power of Intelligence, and go where few people dare to explore and learn the real deal like never before. VoiceAmerica.com you're listening to Radio by George with your host, Eddie George. If you have a question for Eddie or his guest or would like to simply join the conversation, call now. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5788. That number again, 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Radio by George. Welcome back. To my world, Radio by George. That was a riveting conversation by Dr. Jerome Morris, who is a professor in the College of Education at the University of Georgia, and his brief comments about the uh, happenings at Virginia Tech, which were very unfortunate. And uh, I believe next we have coming up is Harold Ford Jr., who is uh, needs no introduction. Uh, I guess we'll wait for him to get plugged in, but um, it is an absolute uh, amazing occurrence that has happened over the last week and a half with the whole massacre and uh, just with your children. So if you're out there listening, just understand that you have to have, you know, a a plan for your children to stay involved in the community and to stay attached to them just to know exactly what they're doing you know in this day and age with the internet and googling and uh with the uh, myspace pages it's so important to be internet savvy because you just don't understand or know what exactly is going on and uh with the children and i think that's what comes down to it as parents you have to look at them on a daily occurrence and realize um, what they're getting into, who their friends are, uh, what their interests are. And with all that, it just takes time. You have to have spend a great deal of quality time with your kids because if you don't know what they're getting themselves into, you'll be surprised to know what they're getting themselves into. And just talking about the young man, Ho, uh, the killer, you know, I'm pretty sure, given in his background, I don't know what it could be, but I know it probably didn't have that much guidance in it um, because he was he had some mental issues. But uh, as as parents, we've got to know what our children are doing on a day to day basis, and and really truly be involved in their lives from time to time. You know, uh, like my ten year old Jair, he is in the sports. Uh, I talk to him every week making sure that, you know, he's getting to that age where he's just recognizing, you know, little girls. And, you know, it's good to understand that because now I have to come to him in the next few years and talk about protecting himself 
uh, as far as sex is concerned and the dangers of drugs and a certain type of crowd that he will encounter because if, if, if I don't do that, then he's going to try to seek that elsewhere. And that could be on the street corner or seeking advice from someone uh, other than myself. And he has to gain enough confidence in our relationship to be able to open up in that manner. And, you know, as a father, a young black father, that's something that I learn on a day-to-day basis. And all I can do is, is really just give my son the best advice, enough guidance and love and, and care to instill into him so he won't feel compelled to express himself in a negative manner, that being the Virginia Tech issue. So that's why it's very important to stay involved with your kids because it's, it's, it's something that they need dearly, especially as young black males. And there's just not enough fathers that are out there for us, um, for a lot of young black men. And this, that, that's the way that that has to be done. So, you know, with that being said, uh, we're going to continue to move forward. If you have any questions or you want to chime in, please call in at 866 866- Four seven two five seven eight seven, and in the news today, uh, what's coming up this weekend is the NFL draft. Uh, we're going to shift the sports a little bit. Something that uh, I know a bit about, and uh, obviously we're looking at you know Jamarcus Russell being the top pick of the draft, which in my opinion is he is a absolute beast. And something that the Raiders just can't mess up. If you're, if you are, if I'm the GM of the Raiders, you know, given all this talent in the draft, they need help everywhere. But looking at Jamarcus Russell and what he can do on the football field, he's absolutely amazing. And I think he would be a great asset to the, the Raiders in some form or fashion. Because number one, the kid is 6'5". He's 260. And he has a rocket arm. I mean, when I say a rocket arm, it's off of his, off of his back foot, throwing it 80 yards downfield on the money. And that talent doesn't come come around too often. So if you're the Raiders, you know you really can't go wrong by picking him up or even Calvin Johnson. But that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at Jamarcus Russell going number one to the Raiders. Uh, uh, Calvin Johnson definitely is a no-brainer. He could possibly go to Detroit, and that kid is is simply phenomenal. I think this this year's draft might go down in history as one of the top three drafts of all time, just off of potential. Now, this is my opinion. People out there, you know, you may disagree with that. I, I came in a very stout draft coming out in 1996. But this year's draft is so deep in talent. You're talking about receivers, linebackers, and and great quarterbacks. I mean, these these kids are are getting bigger, stronger, and faster now. Now, when I came out ten years ago, eleven years ago, which I can't believe I is that long ago, the talent and the speed and size is, is off the charts. I mean, we have guys that are six five. 240 pounds playing receiver running four threes. And this is in the top five. So that's why I say, 
you know, this is going to be the best draft coming up this weekend, and it should be exciting. And uh, you're looking at uh, Brady Quinn again. You know, he's the prototypical uh, quarterback. You know, looking at his, his size, his range. He comes from a school of of a, of a of a professional background, that being Charlie White. So he understands the terminology. He understands the uh, the system, the checkdowns, all the intricacies that you need to understand as a quarterback. He's developed that in college. Now, the question is, you know, if he goes to Cleveland, you know, which would not be a bad choice for Cleveland. He has the uh, the, the weapons around him. You know, you look at the receiving core, you know, starting with Kellen Winslow, who hopefully will come back off of his knee surgery as one of the top tight ends in the game. Uh, Braylon Edwards, the addition of Jamal Lewis, uh, you know, but, but given the history of, uh, Romeo Cornell and, 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 and where he's come from, I don't know if he's going to invest into a quarterback that early, that high. He may figure he can work it out with, uh, with Fry, but who knows uh, what can happen with that. And he may, Cleveland also can go with uh, Adrian Peterson. So we'll we'll see. But uh, this year's draft is is going to be a, a pretty good one. And uh, again, if you're out there listening, you want to chime in and talk to me, go jumping into my world. Um, you can call at eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven. And uh, next up, we're going to still have. Our political expert, Harold Ford Jr., stepping in hopefully a little bit. You can have a chance to talk to him just exactly what his thoughts are, thoughts are on Barack Obama and what exactly is the new politics in a minute, y'all. The Internet's premier talk radio station, voiceamerica.com. There is a difference between someone who lets life happen to them and someone who steps up and makes things happen. That person is a player, not just in the realm of athletics, but in all aspects of life. Are you ready to step up? Are you ready to start on a journey to a new lifestyle that will make you stronger, healthier, and more confident? Are you ready to be a player? Then explore the EGX experience at www.egxlifestyle.com. Let Eddie George help get your mind, body, and spirit fused and focused. If you're ready, log on to egxlifestyle.com to begin a journey to a better life through exercise, diet, and wellness. Join with Eddie George to create a personal plan for your success, and he'll help you discover the best you can be. Visit egxlifestyle.com and begin your journey with greatness today. Family Roots Radio brings to the Voice America Network a lively discussion of family history research featuring a wide range of how-to elements designed to assist all people interested in family history. From the novice to the professional, join host Corey Meyerink, genealogist, every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Network for an experience the entire family will enjoy. Corey will invite well-known genealogist guests to discuss important genealogical topics and share research tips and will interactively explore effective 
effective ways to use software and the Internet in the pursuit of family history, including spotlighting data-rich websites. Our mission of Family Roots Radio is to help everyone have more success in their family history research by sharing the expertise and insights of professional genealogists with all listeners. So join us live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Network for Family Roots Radio. Live and let die. 50% of Americans die of heart attacks and strokes. 35% of Americans die of cancer. Take control of your health destiny. Tune into Nutritional Wisdom with nationally recognized nutritional expert and board certified family physician Joel Furman, MD. Each week, Dr. Furman and his guests teach how nutritional excellence can prevent and reverse diseases and feature successful recoveries utilizing nutritional and natural methods. In contrast with fad diets, understanding nutrient density is the foundation of Dr. Furman's Eat to Live program, necessary for both permanent weight reduction and a healthy, long life. Nutritional Wisdom with Dr. Joel Furman broadcasts each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Nutritional Wisdom, control your health destiny. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Radio by Joel. Can't get enough of college basketball? We can't either. Tune into the College Basketball Experience with host Jim Haney for the ultimate interactive basketball talk radio show. Don't just watch college basketball, hear about it, and talk about it with those who know college basketball best, the coaches. The College Basketball Experience airs live every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern with Jim Haney. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Radio by George with your host, Eddie George. If you have a question for Eddie or his guest or would like to simply join the conversation, call now. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5788. That number again, 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Radio by George. Welcome back to Radio by George, and welcome to my world. And next up, we have the ineffable Harold Ford Jr. tuning in. And uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit about politics, what he's been into the last uh, few months since the um, elections and all. So, uh, Harold, are you there? Well, I guess not. <laughs> Well, we'll get to Harold in a minute once they get settled in. Um, and uh, so basically we're just going to continue just to talk about uh, politics. You know, it seems like today, you know, given with all the candidates that are out there, you look at Barack Obama, uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton, uh, Edwards, 
You know, I think that this this society, this country is in in desperate need of a of a new direction. Uh definitely in need of uh I guess a new politics and we'll find out what that's all about in just a few moments. But you know, looking at it all, um and just my spin, you know, coming from the sports arena and looking at what's going on, it just appears that the United States, you know, our our middle class is struggling a great deal, you know, and I speak from uh, from experience, you know, from the time that now that I've accomplished all that I've accomplished, I've signed some, you know, uh, some big deals would put would put me into a different tax bracket. However, my family, um, they're still with in the middle class, and I can remember a time uh, ten or twenty years ago, ten twenty years ago when. The middle class was thriving. They were making money. People were making money in the middle class. It was you know, people were able to spend freely and not feel so choked up. But now, you know, I look at my grandmother, I look at my father, I look at my my mother, uh, relatives who continue to struggle because there's just nothing out there. The economy's bad. You know, we don't make anything in America anymore. Uh, we look good to go overseas for a lot for a lot of the things that we're doing to get to buy a lot. Of um of uh, uh ranging from computers to sneakers to whatever it is, you know, we're we're going overseas to do it. So what exactly is is is, is pushing our economy? Um, it's it's a kind of a scary thing when you think about it. Uh, when you're raising children nowadays and you just don't know, you know, what's next in our, in our society. And I believe and I hope and I pray that our next leader that comes into office has a clear plan and they have an opportunity to implement that plan and get the morale of the country back up because over the last four or five years, let's just be frank, you know, it's been it's been tough to watch. It's been tough to stomach a lot that's been going on in our, our administration. You know, you look at the the the, the, the small things, you know, with um, the vice president uh, shooting one of his administrators <laughs> in the behind, crying out loud, and uh, Halliburton moving their their headquarters over to to Iraq uh, to Dubai, and you just it makes you wonder, you know, really what what is the agenda here? What is really going on here? Are we really looking at the, the the best opportunity for the American people, and just how much longer are we going to be in this war? You know, I believe that Bush is in a situation where he's in the catch twenty two. You know, if he turns his back now, you know he's he we've lost the war definitely, and and uh, he's he's shown that he's he's weak. But if he sticks in it, he has to see it all the way through. And unfortunately, lives every day are being or, or, or lives are being taken on both sides. You know, there's a great deal of violence over there, and um, I just don't know. And from my perspective, I just don't know what the clear agenda is for for American society. And um, it's it's a shame. So you know, with that being said, I believe that Barack Obama is is a bad boy. I really do. You know, you go into his website, you you get a backstory of of what he's about, where he's come from, um, and you you learn to appreciate the integrity 
that he has and just what he's been able to endure and build and what he's learned through the years. And you hear a story from his wife as well. And uh, I just believe that his campaign is, is going to go strong and even stronger. And I just, I just really love the man. I think he's awesome. So we'll have a chance to see how that all pans out in the days to come. And uh, if you want to be my friend right now, uh, please call in at 866-472-5787 and have a brief discussion. Just enter into my world. This is the inaugural show for for By George and uh, something that I'm extremely excited about. Um, segueing into a, a totally new situation can often be a difficult one. Um, it is difficult because it's transition. You know, going from playing football and having a set schedule and pretty much the, my life was, was a fantasy world. Now getting into jumping into my world and creating opportunities. And that's the main reason why I wanted to create By George Radio, Radio By George, was, uh, again, to have an opportunity to speak my mind and to to open up my world to individuals that have followed me during my playing career, but also give platforms to individuals like uh, Dr. Jerome Morris Brown, who is a brilliant individual, brilliant professor uh, at the College of Education, hear his perspective, hear his history and uh, on various issues, and he's going to be one of many guests, and we're going to talk to uh, my wife, Tamara Johnson-George, on her experience as a singer, a mother now, uh, a, a, a star, uh, a reality TV star now. Uh, she's been on, or we've been on uh, TV One the past uh, two weeks now, um, talking, showing our lives and opening up our doors. But, uh, you know, making a transition in life and in my life right now has been a, a tough one, but exciting. And this show is just the grassroots level of what you're going to experience from me about me, and again, it's to give you an insight on my world and my perspective and and how I'm evolving into a man, and um, it's an exciting one. So, again, uh, welcome to my world, and anyone out there listening, uh, please chime in at uh, 866-472-5787. We hope you have enjoyed this week's episode of Radio by George. If you have a question or comment for Eddie and just can't wait until next Monday, you can email him at info at radiobygeorge.com. Selected emails will be read on the air so your voice can be heard worldwide. Be sure to listen live every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. See you next week.